This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our show today. This is Angela Rose and Dehano broadcasting from beautiful San Diego, California, where once again, it looks like it's going to be a wonderful sunny day, Dehano. Although we have had a little bit of clouds lately, which is actually good because we were out on a whale watching boat yesterday in Newport Beach and um, the sun was blazing and you got a little bit of a bad sunburn from that, but no whales were in sight. However, there were hundreds of dolphins, which we totally, totally enjoyed and just remind you of the playfulness of dolphins. And, you know, I don't know. All you have to do is see a dolphin and you just start smiling. I don't know what it is about them. So do you want to say good morning, Ahanu? I do indeed. Good morning, everybody. And very, very welcome indeed. And speaking about dolphins, we have known for many, many um, eons, I guess, and so have many other people known that dolphins are transformative, and transformation is the subject of our discussion here today. In fact, speaking about dolphins, the last time we saw dolphins was down in the south of Ireland in a little place called Dingle, and there they've had a, a little dolphin that came into the harbour of Dingle for many, many, many years by the name of Fungi, and we actually took a boat out there to see that dolphin, do you remember? And that was also transformative. Now, also speaking about Ireland, the last time we were in Ireland, every Sunday morning, we went to our great friend, Myrtle O'Brien's house in Wicklow Town. And while everyone else was in church, in Holy Catholic Ireland, of course, we lay down on Myrtle's living room floor and started breathing to the sound of a CD called A Hundred Breaths to Joy by Judith Kravitz. And from my memory of the churches around the country when I was a child, I can't remember ever encountering anything transformative happening. But on Sunday mornings with Mert, reading the hundred breaths to joy was entirely transformative. And we have with us very, very shortly that same great Judith Kravitz. But before we get there, let's talk a little bit more about our own transformation. We have available for people the eight steps to freedom which is at 8stepstofreedom.com. That program is absolutely wonderful. So go there and get it, 8stepstofreedom.com. That's all hyphenated, of course, with the number 8. And another transformative product that we have is Angel Rose's book, A Time of Change. And that really is amazing. Anybody who's read that, the reviews are absolutely stunning. And that can be got at a time of change, all one word, at timeofchange.info. And of course, Amazon and where all good books are sold. The Nature of Reality is her new book coming out this November. You can pre-order it and you should. The Nature of Reality dot info. Another wonderful. She's actually feverishly working away on that. I know the content. It is going to be fantastic. And of course, remind you that every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time, now from San Diego, California, we broadcast our group Akashic Records online. And you can find out more information about that at worldofempowerment.com. 
worldofempowerment.com. The transcripts of those and the, the recordings we make available in the archives, and they are also available on iTunes and Amazon.com. If you search for either Angel Rose or Ahanu, that's A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E, or myself, Ahanu, A-H-O-N-U, you'll find all the details about that. Coming up very shortly, I'm going to be doing a spirit art class in San Diego, and due to popular demand, Angel Rose has finally agreed to teach people how to read the Akashic Records in an exclusive once-off training that will take place in either August or September, final date to be confirmed. But if you're interested, sign up at her website, angelrose.com, that's A-I-N-G-E-A-L-E-R-O-S-E.com, or worldofempowerment.com. Honey, you just put an E at the end of my name. You said A-I-N-G-E-A-L-E. Oh. <laughs> it's A-I-N-G-E-A-L. And I just want to tell people a little bit about the Sunday groups because they may not know what actually happens there. But we have it's a wonderful opportunity for people to call in and ask those higher spiritual questions that they have about so many topics. And really, we wouldn't be able to do those groups without the wonderful people who do call in and share their ideas and concerns with us. And when we go into the Akashic Records, it, seems, it is a source that talks to us directly and answers those questions. And so the transcripts are full of all the beautiful topics that we've discussed um, since we've been in those records that have really, really helped people. And then, of course, we do our journey to Paradise Earth at the end. Now, I want to talk a little bit about our experience at Myrtle O'Brien's doing Judith Kravitz's uh, transformational breathwork uh, simply because I'm somebody who years ago did a lot of rebirthing, so I, I was aware of that type of breath. But when we heard Judith's CD, uh, it was just wonderfully made, and certainly those Sunday mornings were a blessing to us. We looked so forward to those every Sunday, and now we're in the United States, and we do miss Mertz groups, and I'm sure he's still doing them every Sunday. Talk about bringing up so many really, really deep memories. And so I think without further ado, we ought to really bless our listeners with being able to talk to Judith. So would you introduce Judith to Dr. Judith Gravitz has devoted almost three decades to sharing a profound and yet simple breathing process with hundreds of thousands of individuals which can improve an individual's well-being in a single session. She's a warm, engaging teacher who radiates tremendous joy as she works with others. And while being a mother of eight, Dr. Kravitz has pursued her passion to improve the well-being and raise the consciousness of individuals through the breath. As a leading world expert in breathwork, Dr. Kravitz's work has impacted millions of individuals in over 20 countries. The techniques shared in transformational breath benefit the participants mind body and spirit weaving multidisciplinary knowledge she has the expertise to facilitate and teach breathing in a way that provides greater wellness without adverse side effects indeed judith continues to mold the crest of conscious breathing throughout the world and she has received accolades from many well-known people including deepak chopra christine northrup goldie horn Norman Lear, plus many others, 
and she has volumes of testimonials of those who have benefited from transformational breath, including, of course, ourselves. She completely cleared herself of throat cancer using the techniques that she teaches and has witnessed thousands of transformative healings in others. She has a book called Breathe Deep, Laugh Loudly, and that documents the tremendous diversity of lives which have been permanently transformed using transformational breath. She is an ordained minister with a doctorate degree in metaphysical studies. She has taught at prestigious wellness centers and educational institutions such as the Chopra Center, the Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health, and the Omega Institute. We are delighted to welcome our very own special Judith Kravitz. Are you there with us, Judith? I am. Thank you for such a beautiful introduction. I appreciate that. <laughs> very nice to well, be good, good morning. Good morning. We're so happy to have you here. And this topic may be really new to a lot of our listeners. So would you begin by uh, telling our listeners what is transformational breath and how you came upon it and indeed your own path, which which would be absolutely fantastic? All right. Well, to summarize it, because it's actually an experience that's beyond words and yet Part of my job is to describe it so that people can be at least somewhat interested in trying something new because everyone, many people think, well, I'm alive, I breathe, so why do I need to to do more breathing or focus on my breath in a different way? And yet transformational breathing is, it's actually a system, a breathing system. It's not just a modality because it's so inclusive And it works on every level of our being, our physical, our mental, emotional, and our spiritual. How we simply define it is as a spiritual self-healing, a powerful spiritual self-healing process that allows us to, once again, journey through the physical, the mental, and emotional, and really get in touch with our spiritual nature and express it fully in our world today in our bodies. So that's my, I think, um, summary definition, and I can talk for days about what it is, but I think that could be a a nice synopsis of of how to describe it. My history, um, and it's actually been almost 40 years ago, I was a, a young mom, and I went to the doctor on an unrelated matter, and he says, well, what's going on in your throat? And I looked at him really puzzled, and he says, what's that growth in your throat? And and he pointed out, and there was a big lump right in the middle of my throat. And I I guess I was really busy because I had never noticed it, and I was perplexed. And they did some testing, and it turned out to be um, a tumor, a cancerous tumor in my throat. And at that point in my life, I had studied metaphysics. I had been doing some spiritual healing. And I had actually experienced some um, early of the early breath work in the the 70s um, in the San Francisco area, the Bay Area. So um, I felt like I was definitely on an alternative path. And yet I also realized during that era, most people weren't. Like alternative healing was was pretty new in the 70s and so 
because I felt I had a responsibility to my family, I didn't just jump into the the tools that I had been taught or experienced and was really concerned, like, well, what do I do? Do I have the surgery that they're recommending or do I actually begin to walk my talk in a deeper way? So I prayed on it and I, I sought guidance and the guidance was pretty clear and strong that you have to... Um, just follow your true path, which is believing in the innate perfection of the body and the body's ability to heal when given the proper proper tools and conditions. So I trusted that and began to use the tools that I had, and I felt at that time, even though the breath work was in a kind of, I would call it a less evolved form, I began to breathe every day and began to follow the the guidance I got in these breathing periods. And there was a lot of good guidance coming. And because I was motivated, um, I really wanted to live. I really felt like this wasn't my time. And um, so I got guidance to change my diet, change the way I expressed myself, and to heal a lot of the emotions that had gotten gotten stuck in that area over, I think, a, a lifetime of, of serious repression. I also got guidance about not giving it a lot of energy, not focusing on how big it was today. Is it smaller? Am I doing better? And so I, I just eliminated mirrors in my house and, and just went ahead breathing every day, making those changes, And then there was a day several months later, almost six months later, I was putting lotion on my body and I went up to my neck area and I couldn't believe it. Uh, The tumor was gone. And it was like a a, a real epiphany, a, a moment of like, this is a miracle. I have a miracle. And in that moment, I also realized that it was really the breath that had taken me to the deeper places in myself where that allowed the changes to take place within me and the healing to take place. So I also in that moment felt, I want to share this. I I know there's something here and I want to share it with the world. And uh, I didn't know how that was going to look. And I also want to caution people, be careful what you say (laughs) because your life can take on a huge change if you you know put it out there, this is what I want to do. And since then, that is, other than beyond my family, um, pretty much what my life has been about, bringing uh, this process, which has now evolved in in great ways, uh, to to different parts of the world, to many different people. Yeah, Judith, can you tell our listeners how long did that take you from the time that you actually started to? incorporate the breathing until your tumor was gone. And then could you tell us also, if you're willing to, some of the things that came up for you during that time? And did you clear all the emotions strictly with the breath, or did you do other things too? All right. Well, I believe it was less than six months. Um, and people say, well, did you go and get that, that um, you know, what do you call it, documented. And and my decision was to 
not go the allopathic route. So I didn't. I just knew I placed my faith in, in the body's ability to heal and in, and I feel the miracle that I was given. Um, so it was less than six months. Once again, I would, I was just not focusing on it. I was focusing on, on the positivity that, that I knew I was. Um, some of the things was, were to change my diet. Up until then, I had been, um, I think you could call a regular meat and potatoes person, and I became a, a vegetarian at that time. I also um, had to look at a lot of things that I had never felt the courage to express, and one of them was just my relationship with my partner and um, just unhealed things from my childhood that when I breathed, I got in touch with these things and basically felt them and they were able to move in the energy of the breathing so I didn't have to go home and and or go out in the world and tell people off or anything. The, the energy came up, the feelings came up, and the awarenesses came up through the breath, and these things were able to heal. And once again, it was about just um, giving myself some time and some love, seeing that I hadn't, hadn't had been so busy, I had kind of skipped that, that part of my life. Mm-hmm. Now, many people would know that breathing, I mean, obviously is it's just essential to life, but would have heard my introduction that we, we spent many Sunday mornings doing following your program, those transformational breaths. So we, we understand the huge benefit that people can get from it. But for the benefit of those that have not experienced it, what's the difference, Judith, between just normal breathing everyday breathing, staying alive breathing, and what you teach. All right. There's a significant difference. And before I go into that, I just want to uh, tell you how it touches my heart that you experience transformational breathing through MERT. Um, When you first started talking and you mentioned the name, I was like, oh, wow, I know MERT O'Brien. He did our training in Belgium. And then to hear that you had experienced transformational breath just showed me how the work can grow even when um, I'm not aware of people who are sharing it who have who have been uh, touched by one of our programs. So that was just so sweet to me. Um, the difference between what we do in transformational breathing and our everyday normal breathing is very vast, and it's not meant for someone to do 24-7 a day. It's meant to be contained in a session or in an exercise period because it is so intense and it's so different and it's not required for for our everyday breathing. For, for one thing, we do it through initially through our mouth so we don't go around breathing through our mouth during the day or things will fly in our mouth for sure. And uh, the big significance is, is that it is like a single breath. It's like a circle. There is no pause between your inhale and your exhale and your inhale and your exhale. So this, we do it this way for a very particular reason, and it's actually a reason based in physics that if we get into any of the scientific parts, I can explain that more. But there's a significant reason why we don't pause between the inhale and exhale. And also... 
one of the biggest differences between this and any other integrative breath work is that we use the full respiratory system. So it's a process then of looking at the way one breathes and opening up the closed parts of the respiratory system. So it's breathing through the mouth without any pauses, focusing on expanding one's breathing pattern and opening the respiratory system. So this creates tremendous energy flow in the body, in the energy field, and it causes a lot of changes on every level. So essentially that's the other important thing to mention is that it's a completely relaxed exhale, and most people don't exhale that way either. So there's a lot of adjustments to people's breathing patterns that take place as well as doing this kind of unique um, type of breathing, rapid breathing. Judith, is it is it necessary, do you think, to have a coach? I know you have uh, the CD out there that Ahanu just spoke about, the 100 Breaths to Joy, which we did. We just ordered for ourselves, and it came the other day, actually. We haven't opened it up yet. We just decided that uh, we missed it too much, so we went ahead and ordered the CD. But... Uh, you know, obviously there's no coach uh, when you're listening to the CD aside from yourself. So can you comment on um, is it important to have a personal coach or can somebody who's never tried this just go ahead and use your CD? I would strongly recommend that you work with someone who is trained in this work um, initially and eventually it becomes a lifelong self-healing process. But most people don't understand. I mean, people are so blown away when they first start breathing how how intense it is and how how cathartic or, um, let's say, incredible energy changes that happen when we start working because we're working with the life force. And we're also opening it and resolving energy blocks that have, have kept it from flowing within us. So... It's about as deep as you can go because you're going right into your electromagnetic energy level and into the deepest part of your psyche. So if someone is untrained um, in it, and, and I do a nice little introduction, but if we tap into when we're doing the breathing a, a past experience, a traumatic experience, or some deep feelings, we don't have the wherewithal or the objectivity to actually breathe through them independently. And that's where breathing coaches, that's where our facilitators come in because we're trained to take people through these these very deep, big pieces in the psyche and help them get to the other side. And then eventually, and not that long, sometimes as short as two or three sessions, someone will have the ability to understand what to do and to know what to do if and when these pieces come up. And basically, I've seen them in everyone. You know, everyone has stuff in the subconscious that that needs to be integrated. So my strong recommendation would be to find someone, even if you have to travel for a few sessions, and we do have people now in many, many places. So uh, that would be my strong recommendation. And yet people have you know, bought the the CD and done it and had some kind of an experience without being able to observe it or talk to them, I'm not sure quite um, 
what that experience was. I do know it would be enhanced if they had some good coaching on their particular way they breathe and support while going through the emotional integration. Thank you for that. And uh, I do know there is a gentleman uh, here in San Diego. I should have brought his full name with me, but his first name is Christian. You probably know Christian. And yeah. Uh, he, he, yeah, he is working out of uh, Pacific Beach Holistic Center. I know that every Monday night he does have a group rebirthing session and he does do private sessions as well. So for anyone who's listening in this area who's interested, uh, you could contact him through uh, Pacific Beach Holistic Center. Ten certified facilitators in, in the San Diego area. So we have a website, and and uh, sometimes Christian, he's, he's working internationally now, so he may be gone. He's a wonderful facilitator, and he's actually one of our... Our trainers, but there are other people. So to to um, if he's not available, to just go on our website, and um, I'm sure you'll find someone in your area, especially in San Diego. So let us remind our listeners that we're speaking with Dr. Judith Kravitz about transformational breathing. Go ahead and give your website out there, Judith. So it could either be www.transformationalbreathing.com or breathe2000.com or breath2000.com. So any one of those will get you on our site. Okay, fantastic. So you're listening to Ahanu and Angel Rose on the Honest to God series, and we're speaking with Dr. Judith Kravitz about transformational breathing. You touched on a number of very, very key words throughout your discourse there earlier. You talked about not focusing on negativity. You mentioned about mirrors and you mentioned about being vegetarian. Can you just go back and explain to us, Judith, why you removed all the mirrors in your house? Well, um, for that period of time, they're they're not gone now. (laughs) Now I get to look at all my wrinkles. (laughs) But uh, at that period of time, my spiritual teacher, I had a mentor and teacher, and he said, um, you you are perfect spirit, and to focus on that. So I really took that to heart, and I heard it in a, in a very deep way. And I knew if the mirrors were there, I would be checking out um, what appeared to be an imperfection. And in metaphysics, um, you know, we know the spiritual reality of, of, of life and of each of us. And so I knew there was a deeper aspect of myself that I could focus on and support that manifestation of that part um, in my life. And so the mirrors were not a a good thing at that time because I I knew I would be, you know, putting attention and energy into this this growth and, and not affirming my innate perfection. All right. I wondered about that because many people would regard mirrors as portals, and I thought maybe there was some kind of a connection with that, but it was a practical reason why you choose that. Why then did you choose to be vegetarian? What did you discover through breathing about vegetarianism? Okay. Well, it's interesting, and I'm not a big campaigner, and I feel that different bodies need different things, and it's a very unique Uh, formula for everyone so it's something that I found uh, for myself has worked for the last 35 years but what I found because I grew up in a very um, like I said meat and potatoes environment and that's all I knew 
and became kind of a gourmet, um, you know, dinner meat cooker. And yet I, I got the guidance to cut out the, um, the meat, which I did. And then about a month after I hadn't had any, any um, meat, I had a hamburger. I had a craving for a hamburger, and I had it. And what I noticed, it was so amazing, is after I had the hamburger, I felt very angry. And I couldn't... Oh, interesting. Um, I saw that. And so when I did a little research, and it had to do with, a lot of it had to do with the way the the meat was processed, that when they kill the animal, there's a lot of adrenaline released, and that adrenaline goes into the the meat or the meat product. And we actually mm-hmm. set that on. And so um, that was enough. I just saw it. it. It was enough to go back and to see that this could be... Um, not supporting me emotionally in, in the healing I was wow. after. Yes, yes. Now, we are aware that many times if you're under stress, like, for example, sometimes they say if somebody is about to sing a song or perform on stage, you know, you get the advice, breathe, just breathe, you know. Is, is What I'm trying to get around to is the question of grief, relieving, releasing grief because you mentioned it earlier, and I want to know how does the breath work actually release grief or tension? What what does it actually do to release it? Okay. Um, I don't like to use the word release because it kind of gives us an image of something going somewhere. And, and um, in physics, that's impossible. That all energy can do is it can't go anywhere. It can transform. So we use the word in transformational breathing, resolve, and we can resolve emotional states through the process of transformational breathing very profoundly. Like that's in my book, there's so many contributions of people, psychologists and other people with severe, let's say, emotional labels and handicaps that have, have gotten to fully to the other side through the use of transformational breathing. So it's, a, it's very impactful in this area. How it works is that when we have an experience, a feeling, or a memory that we aren't able to feel fully, and this is from zero on, what happens is that we suppress or repress it in the subconscious. And it actually becomes part of our energy field. What we do with our breathing when this happens is, to a great extent, we shut down our breathing in a part of our respiratory system where those emotions and memories can be stored. So in transformational breathing, when we see someone isn't breathing in the lower parts of their respiratory system or the middle or the upper then we know that there is some suppressed material there that unconsciously they're protecting. So we coach them to breathe into those areas, and guess what? Those feelings and memories come into awareness, first of all, by bringing light or prana into those areas through the breath, and then the energy, this high-frequency energy that is created through the breathing has the ability to transform it into a higher energy state. And this is a permanent transformation. And um, most people aren't, aren't aware that this is even possible. But, and yet if you say, for example, we hold on to fear in our solar plexus and you have panic attacks and you have anxiety and we have you 
start breathing in fully into that area, that feeling will actually surface. And as you continue to breathe there, that pattern will have the opportunity to change its vibrational nature, that the high energy of the breathing will cause these lower frequency patterns to raise into a higher state. And um, it's phenomenal because I, in so many years, seen so many people overcome so many really deep traumas and psychological conditions such as grief, panic, fears, angers, you name it, you know, it, and it's so it's so such a, a profound, efficient way of working it with it within oneself and not have to talk about it, but going actually deeper than the mind and working on the energetic body where these things exist. Judith okay, so can you explain to us then the difference between transformational breath work and rebirthing or holotropic uh, breath work? I can. It's from my perspective, and I've had the opportunity to experience those other modalities, which I have to just honor for bringing awareness into the Western culture of breathing. And yet I feel transformational breath has evolved for a number of reasons beyond these original forms or original Western forms of of breath work for a number of reasons. Uh, I think, first of all, we'll deal with the level of intention um, behind each one. In rebirthing, the intention is to integrate or heal the birth trauma, the trauma from our physical birth, which is a real trauma that happens for most, and it's something that needs to be addressed. And yet, this is a mental and emotional state, and it's certainly only one of the incarnational traumas that we go through in life. And so to me, it's a bit, um, let's just say, tunnel vision as far as what the breathing can actually accomplish. But if you're holding that focus, if you are um, teaching or leading a session in, in with that focus, then you're in some ways limiting the scope of what can be accomplished. There's another um, there's another reason too in that it's working at the mental and emotional level. As far as holotropic breath work goes, um, the and this is let's say these are the intentions of the founder Stanislav Grof for holotropic, and his uh, vision for his breath work began with psychedelics and he would define it as investigation of the psyche. And so in, in holotropic breath work, it is a investigation, has, and it's evolved past the, the drugs, using the drugs, but it's an investigation of the mind and the journey that, that you can go on with the mind, which is um, infinite and I'm sure fascinating, and yet it's not the ultimate level that we can access and attain through through the breath. So holotropic is basically any old breathing, any which way for two hours with really loud music, without any coaching, without any facilitation. There's, there's a sitter there, but very little kind of guidance as to the direction of the breathing. Uh, rebirthing was fast breathing, but primarily focused upper chest. And I feel that these processes missed in a very important key and that the importance of using the whole respiratory system to create a common denominator for people to move beyond um, 
let's just say to begin the emotional part with a with a consistent basis of an open flowing breath otherwise things can just keep getting re-repressed in the cold in the closed areas very simply so in transformational breath our intention is to integrate all traumas working with all incarnational traumas working with with the intention of connection with the infinite and the divine and so we work very clearly with spiritual guidance we have a consciousness that we bring in we work with invocations and we know that the spiritual beings or the beings of light are involved in every session we also work very profoundly with sound in the sessions using sound the energy of sound to to continue to keep the energy moving to create integration through the patterns and we also do a lot of hands-on uh, working with the muscles of the respiratory system and acupressure points to support the body also in, in um, activating and releasing certain certain things that have been stored in the cellular memory so We've just been able to incorporate some very other wonderful tools into the process and also work with it at, a, I feel, the highest level, which is the spiritual level, addressing um, the deepest part of ourselves and trusting that part to deliver what we need in each session. Mm-hmm. And these memories that come up, when you talk about the, the past life memories or old grief patterns that are coming up, where are they actually coming from, Judith? And, and I'm particularly asking about the past life concept. Uh, I can understand somebody in this lifetime repressing grief. But many times, and I know I've had this experience, and Angel Rose has had this experience, using your transformational breathing techniques, that past life memories would be coming up. And I'd like to establish, are they real? Or are they just some imagined repressed trauma that's taking on a form in this life? Well, you know what? I have to say I don't know, but I do have, I have had such a um, huge amount of experience with people, with things coming up in sessions that people did not experience in their life. And so I cannot, it cannot be validated through me that there is such a thing as past lives. Um, I would tend to believe so, but I don't know and I can't prove it, so I'm not going to say there is. I do know that um, there's, many, there's a lot of different theories and there's some people that don't believe in it and would maybe not experience something, um, experience transformational breath because we uh, basically validated past lives and we can't really do it so it could be that we have or we're healing genetically for our ancestors it could be we're part of a, a collective consciousness it could be that someone once said that everyone in the world has an atom of Joan of Arc the way the energy moves on so I don't know like I said my personal is after seeing so many people go through things that, you know, like a spear in the heart or their head chopped off or, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's somewhere in their consciousness, these things, and they're very authentic. Um, I would bet on them 100% that there wasn't someone's drama or, or something someone was making up because of the authenticity that comes up when these people are, when people are going through these experiences and, yes. um, 
something in there that needs healing that that uh it almost doesn't matter where it came from but some people have very clear memories and understanding that what was going on and and how it actually relates to the dynamics of their life right now so so it's something that i respect but i can't really say how it's there i do know after having eight children that um everybody comes in with a different a different level of of uh, work to do some come in real clear and just kind of cruise through life and some come in with a lot of a lot of issues and so with the same genetics and the same environment why are why are souls so different so i know that that some of us come in with more than others that's all yes 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 now i want to ask you about the Kundalini, because for many people they do report as a result of breathing that Kundalini energies get released. And indeed, there are several techniques out there that will focus the breath just on the the pelvic area, for example, and not go anywhere near the upper chest breathing. Can you comment on that that whole Kundalini concept? Oh, absolutely. Because when um, years ago, you know, like in the seventies, I remember. There was like a big taboo warning, you know, like a label on it. Don't don't mess with the kundalini, you know. Stay away from that kundalini. And essentially, I think times have changed. Obviously, in the last almost forty years, and and um, the kundalini is the life force energy that is uh, runs through the spine, but it's also directed through the res- respiratory system, and it can be freed up through through the breath or prana. And essentially, that's what we do in transformational breath. And when we work with it in a way, for example, if you just did upper chest breathing, you could activate the, the kundalini and not work on, let's say, the lower energy centers and, and have this activated upper energy field and not having having done the, the clearing in the lower lower centers or chakras. So in transformational breathing, we begin the breathing in the lowest part of the respiratory system, which is will access the kundalini in, in the, the root chakra, and then start bringing it up as the breath will allow up into the highest part, which you can breathe all the way up into the, the diaphragms of the throat. And yet this happens in a way that as much as the body and the spirit will allow. So if someone has never breathed in the lower parts, they may spend two or three sessions just really opening and clearing the the memories and the traumas in those areas, the repressions there. And then as the energy clears there, the breath will continue to work up through the solar plexus into the heart, up into the upper chest and throat. So uh, I think the kundalini energy is happening for everyone, consciously or unconsciously, that it's a part of our evolution, that we're going from our mind-body systems, which are in the, the lower parts of our body, up into the heart and up into the, the, the highest chakras. And in our programs, we do upper chakra breathing once we've done this, this lower work, and we do, that's where our nose breathing comes in, and we work through the 8th through the 12th chakras with the breath, which is um, pretty phenomenal to see what happens when we get to that stage. But we work on it. We work with the Kundalini bringing it up through the, through the different um, centers. Wow. 
let us remind our listeners that you're listening to the Honest to God series with Engel Rose and Ahanu, and our special guest today is Dr. Judith Kravitz, and we're talking about transformational breathing. We do have to take a little studio break right here, Judith, but when we come back, we want to talk to you about your voice on the CDs. We want to talk to you about your workshops, and we want to you want we want you to give us some of the healing stories that you've encountered over the years so just bear with us we'll be right back after this break sure this is the art of living well radio network radio to inspire enlightened living The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Well, welcome back, everyone, to our show today with Judith Kravitz. We're talking about transformational breath. Judith, I have a question before we go on to some of the other things Ahanu mentioned. Um, what about scars? Because people have surgeries. I, for example, I had a surgery early on in my life. Uh, down in my, um, you know, around my navel and my ovarian region, and I'm I'm aware in my body of uh, a thickening in that area, and I'm concerned with, you know, how does the energy flow through areas that have scars, and is are do scars inhibit the flow, or what what do you think about that? Um, well, I'm I'm not a expert in that area. I can speak from my own experience because my um, Last child was cesarean, so I had a similar kind of a, uh, let's say, a, a surgery and kind of buildup of energy. Um, what I do know, wherever there is a surgery, there's a, there's a traumatic, um, let's say, memory there because it's someone cutting into the body. And even though we know consciously it's something that, that could be helping us, the unconscious takes it on as an attack. So there's definitely some emotional healing that could be part of it and i had to to experience that to to actually realize that wow you know i knew they were saving our lives but a boy was i angry and someone had attacked me so that was very interesting but i also found that there was um on the cellular level there was trauma there to the tissue and and um that that there was healing needed there, there was tenderness, and so I would definitely focus um, sessions on that, breathing into there. Because the interesting thing about transformational breath, Angel, Angel, is that it is working on our electromagnetic level. So it is working on the, the level of our energy field, and there's nothing more finite than that. So it's it's working at the deepest part of ourselves, and it's creating changes on that level so um you know you, you can work on the physical level or you can go right to our core energetic state and that's what transformational breathing does so um there's been a lot of let's say healing and transformational transformation at that level from just being able to go in and rearrange the energy patterns um lift them and raise them so I would definitely, any kind of a surgery, recommend people to breathe into it. Um, I can press down now. I, there's no no sore feelings. Um, the scar hasn't gone away, so I, I can't claim that. 
but I do know that uh, for any kind of surgery, you need to get in there and get that energy in there. And yet our tendency is after a surgery is to pull away from those areas, that that, are, that something's traumatics happen there and we bring our awareness and our energy away from it because we don't want to feel it. So the breathing brings that awareness and healing energy back into it and and also helps the healing process. Hey, and I have another question that springboards off of that. Thank you very much for your answer. And that is, um, can people, you know, because I, I just found right now that as you were talking about this, there was a part of me that wanted to fall asleep. And I caught myself in saying, isn't it interesting, I, suddenly I got very sleepy as you were talking about this. So can you address what those kinds of emotions are when you start talking about um, bringing up this life force and bringing in more of the life force energy? That's the first question. And the second question is, um, and it may just sound like a funny question, but do people ever encounter uh, memories of uh, implants in themselves when they do this work? Uh-huh. Um, the first question I'm not sure about, is, and let me just repeat it back to you and see if I understand it right, in that you felt yourself kind of going a little bit unconscious when I was talking and you wondered about that. Is that true? Yes. Yes, that's okay. it. All right. Well, I'll be doing a class, um, and you know my classes range from fifteen to to hundreds sometimes. And I'll look around. Of course, I connect with the with the group, and I look around, and some people are just they're just checking out. And what I find is that um, my understanding, or what seems to be happening to me, what I see, is that people are taking what I'm saying in at a deep deep level and kind of bypassing the mind. And so they're not really, like they're they're checking out, but they're not, they're not really gone, that there's a part of them that, that is taking the information or the energy in at a different level. And I, I can also relate that to when I've taken uh, workshops from what I would call different teachers or masters or, or been in their presence, that feeling will come in too, and that's that's what I sense is happening. So that's how I'll address that. But I'm, you know, I can't really go off more on that. And um, your second question was, I forgot <laughs> about implants, implants, the memory of implants. Implants. Okay. So um, I have not, um, or if people have, I, they have not shared that with me. It's it's interesting that you bring that up. I have had people kind of um, take on an alien nature during some sessions and and feel they are from other places. So that's kind of interesting, and I'm I'm not sure what that is, but they always come back to their human um, identity by the end of the session. But I find that kind of fascinating. Um, But, no, I I haven't heard that, and and it's something that, um, you know, sounds legitimate to me but I, I i don't recall hearing that very much no okay okay now that brings up the question of the possibility of somebody getting stuck somewhere either in a past life or in a memory or in a trauma is there any danger at all attached to any of these practices um you know what 
there are if you're not practicing it consciously. And this is where um, I've seen people get tripped in, in rebirthing and, and holotropic because of their lack of understanding of what creates resolution in a session and our understanding of what does. And um, we just never, I mean, literally now, it's probably been millions of people through the people I've trained and the people I've worked with. And they're just, you know, these kind of things get back to you if they're if someone's stuck in the birth canal or out in the cosmos or something. And, and it doesn't happen in transformational breath because of the way we do it, because of our conscious working with spirit and because of the way we work with the breath that the patterns always integrate within the, within the process. Right, right. Now, I know from my own experience when my children were young, and I expected them in lots of ways to follow my own beliefs and practices. And I also am a vegetarian now, but during that period of time, I was also vegetarian. But I found it really, really difficult for the children to be in the world of their childhoodness and be vegetarian. And what I'm asking you is, do you find your children following in your path and your teachings about breath work? Or, you know, are they like mine and they go off and do their own thing and say, you know, mom's crazy? Well, you know, the answer is yes and no. And I have to um, just comment on what you said about uh, vegetarianism because when I became a vegetarian, we were in California and I raised them all vegetarian and then we moved to Maine. And... Um, there ain't, there weren't no vegetarians in Maine when I was there, when we first moved there. And they thought we were just a little bit crazy, but we were from California, so we were forgiven. But um, they were really, um, you know, concerned about my kids getting getting protein and uh, worried yeah. about them. But, but they had a, a whole attitude of common sense up there. They're, they're in some ways yeah. very backward, but the common sense and this is a little small town up in in central maine but mm -hmm. what they did notice is that my kids never got sick that they were just there every day showing up healthy and so wow. they left me alone you know they just let us be our vegetarians and crazy people from california but they never got sick and they and they could they commented like well how come your kids don't get sick and part of it i felt was their diet and and uh, as far as them growing up and thinking I'm crazy, probably yes, but many of them, I would say, well, all of them have done the program, at least the beginning level, and four of them are certified facilitators, and one of them is a trainer. So um, they somehow the validity came through of, of the breath work in their lives, and I would use it, I mean, I would raise them with it when they took a yeah. time out, they would go do a hundred breaths when um every Saturday morning before we went off and had a fun day there would be a, a family breathing session, so they grew up with wow. it, and I'm sure they went through a rebellion stage um yes, and yet have come back to it to see that it's it's an incredible tool for for just having a good life and for well being so in your case, the family that breathes together stays together. <laughs> I I don't know about that. <laughs> we still have issues, but 
you know what they in you know in having a baby and in crisis and and um you know and one of a couple of my children are extreme athletes they're using it for their athletics so um you know for different reasons they they have embraced it but no one no one has just like i will never do that but you know there's it's there it's there in their their uh, what do you call it cells or whatever and i and i think it's it's the fact that it does bring up deep truth, doesn't it, Judith? You know, when you're breathing like that and things come up out of your own body and out of your own consciousness, you know, in a way, it's you know, it's that whole know thyself, and we don't really know ourselves in terms of everything that we're holding on to or beliefs that we have that are in the subconscious. So it, it is a powerful tool, and you do incorporate sound into your breath work. So can you talk to us about um, how you use sound and the benefits of sound in this process? Yes, I'd be happy to because it's such an incredible adjacent tool to have. Um, For a number of years in doing the breath work, I noticed people would get to a place where the energy was so intense that they couldn't breathe or the emotion was so intense that it was it just was difficult to get back into the breathing like uh, these things would take over the physical physicality or the emotions and um one day i i realized that um actually through working with some people who were sound healers i saw how the two could could be combined and so one day during the, one of these intense moments i asked some the the client to tone with me and so they did and i noticed the energy moved immediately like just within a minute which previously would take maybe 30 or 40 minutes of of extreme tetany or discomfort to get back into a relaxed breathing and i thought oh my gosh this is fabulous so it was kind of like the the pressure cooker just letting this the steam off those intense moments but then i realized energetically what was happening through some research and sound healing and that sound can actually like the energy of the breath create transformation um, raise the energy frequency of what's going on and also connect us to our hearts and so um, we work mostly with toning at different times during the session when being coached and uh maybe sometimes for even three minutes or so just making these these pure tones not screaming or not moaning but these pure clear tones that absolutely help integrate whatever's going on in the session and it's just an incredible gift that that uh, supports the whole process well, I know the first time we listened to your CD, because, uh, you know, like I say, I have a history with rebirthing. So the first time we were at Burt's and we listened to the CD and all of a sudden we were bringing in these tones, you know, <laughs> I thought to myself, well, that's a little strange, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, uh, but it was actually so pleasurable. And I think that that was uh, a, a reaction that I found really amazing. But you mentioned uh, when you were just explaining about tetany, and I'm bringing it up only because, uh, you know, I do a lot of readings, and I did recommend your work to a client uh, about a month ago, and she said, well, I could never do that because every time I do, I go into tetany. So could you tell our listeners what tetany is and what happens when you move through it? Because I know it can be quite uncomfortable for people. 
Sure, sure. Before I do that, I wanted to just comment on the on the toning part. I will be doing a, an introductory workshop, and I'll mention that we work with sound, and I'll have everybody do a little practice sound, and I'll look at them, and they're like rolling their eyes, and like, oh, I'll never do that. But you know, there's a moment in every session where that is the most perfect thing, and people feel it, and they just do it. And so it's really interesting how easily that's overcome. You know, and so, oh, that's not me. That's, you know, I, I can't do that. So I, I get amused by that, and I go, oh, you'll use that when you need it, and it will come. As far as the, um, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. I forgot the, the other part that you asked me to call. Oh, the technique. Excuse me. The tetany is, um, it can be looked at from a physiological viewpoint or it could be looked at from the emotional that affects the phys- physical. And that's where we go with it because essentially um, it is a, what we call a fear response pattern that is in process. And it's aggravated by pushing or emphasizing the exhale, which is kind of a fight or flight breath that we do when we get scared so it all ties in together but there is this emotional component that allows us to fully integrate it during a session and people who get severe tetany sooner or later don't get it at all because of the way we work with it and most people in one or one or two sessions but what it is is that um, during our life and for a lot of people at their birth there's a pattern of fear that comes in and when just think about when you get scared, somebody scares you, see what you do with your body, you go, and you you actually tighten up different parts of your body. For most people, it's the hands, shoulders, sometimes the face or the, the feet or the legs. For most people, it's it's in the hands. So picture this little baby going down the birth canal, and it doesn't know what's going on, and it's scared, and so it contracts. And how someone handled that their initial experience of fear for which for most people was birth how they handled it is is this contraction and then every time a fearful experience would happen that pattern would get triggered and there'll be another layer of it so the way this pattern gets integrated through the breathing is as we breathe we will um, access that pattern and as they continue to breathe that will that will release if we work with sound, if we help them relax the breath, and eventually it, it will release, and then maybe they'll have another pattern of it, and each time it will be less intense until ultimately, like I said, it, it just doesn't come up. There isn't anyone I know who has had even the most severe patterns of tetany just don't get it anymore. It just gets gets resolved, and including my own medical doctor who I did a session with, and he just looked at me when he got the tetany. He says, well, I'm just hyperventilating. And I said, well, if you were, and he couldn't even talk. He said, I come just hyperventilating. And I, um, mm-hmm. I said, well, if that's true, if you kept breathing, it would get worse, right? And he agreed. And I said, well, just trust me. I want you to breathe, and I want you to make some sounds. And then it released. And he had a whole different understanding of the emotional component in tetany mm-hmm. and hyperventilation because you're able, if you're able to continue and relax, it will it will integrate, it will clear. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned there about the uh, birth canal and the birth of a baby. We had several weeks ago a fabulous lady on Janice Barcelo talking about the whole birth process, pre and perinatal, but the birth process in our hospitals in particular and how it 
may not be so healthy in lots of different ways. Talk to us about the breathing that the medical establishment encourages a woman to breathe like as she's going through these contractions and the birth process. Is there any difference to what they're suggesting and what you're teaching? Well, if they're showing them Lamaze, which is still very much in vogue, um, it's it's just a, a horrible thing to do because what you're doing is you're blowing your exhale, which is lowering the CO2, which is actually causing hyperventilation. But also picture going like that. You're tightening the belly and that whole abdominal area, which is only going to create more tension in the uterus and and in the birth canal. So we coach people, and I've I've been with um, my daughters giving birth to all but one of my grandchildren, and if you can do the transformational breathing during the contractions, it will not lessen the intensity of the contraction, but it will lessen the feeling of the intensity, and labor can be so much easier and I've I've spoken with and and um keynoted at conferences of midwives because of this because it's an incredible tool to work with during labor. And um and so essentially what it is is a contraction comes in and you would go <sighs> into the contraction and that would help you relax and do it. So I think it's a just horrible that they're do, having these ladies do Lamaze. Matter of fact, I was working with uh, one of the head OBs over at Scripps, and she came in when I first met her, and she just was had her jacket on and everything, and she just said another Lamaze failure, that the women get so built up, they wind up having to give them the anesthetic. So she was really yes. interested to uh, learn about and use transformational breathing, and one of our um, facilitators and trainers was working with her in the delivery room with with these births. Yeah, the whole birthing, and you know, I'm sure too, you know, being the fetus inside the womb, and even your mother's um, fears is she's giving birth, especially the first time, uh, somehow can get translated to the baby somewhere along the line. I'm sure. So it's absolutely, a, absolutely. Yeah, and you know. This is the thing, too, because, you know, I, I do struggle myself with the not being wanted uh, wound that, you know, my mother basically was the oldest in a family of seven or eight, and she had the responsibility of looking after her siblings. So she went and got married when she was 18, and, you know, being a good Catholic, she didn't use birth control. So once she started getting pregnant, um, it wasn't necessarily a welcome uh, thing, you know? And I know yeah. that I've struggled my whole life with that particular pattern. And, um, you know, when you talk about levels of joy, you know, I'd be your classic case of somebody who can't feel it beyond a certain point. You know, like, I almost don't trust it, if you know what I mean. So I haven't I haven't healed that for sure. And um, anyway, I'm sure other people are in my my situation. You probably see, see all types, but... Judith, can you go into um, your programs and what they involve? And I did look up some of your programs earlier, and it looked like you were teaching in uh, Italy quite a bit this year. So, I, because I, I myself was a bit disappointed, I thought, 
Oh, when is she coming to California so that I can go to one of these? So will you talk about your programs? In I will, I will. Actually, yeah. a lot of the international programs on um, the last few years are not being taught by me. I, I had done so much international work and had built up so many wonderful teachers and networks in, in Europe and Middle East and and, uh, and South America, Mexico, that I had kind of neglected the U.S., which is definitely where this work began. So the last couple of years I've been working mostly in the U.S. And so um, I have good news for you. I will be in San Diego um, very soon, in a few months. But I'll t- talk a little bit about the levels of our program so that people can understand and maybe feel what what level. Some people hear about and say, I want to teach this. I, this is for me. And then some people I like to experience it. So there's there's a lot of entries into different levels. Um, the first is that an evening workshop, and this is or an afternoon workshop, which, like you said, Christian does regularly in San Diego, and we have other people in in uh, North County who are doing uh, different different events in uh, Temecula and also some in San Diego. Um, what do you call it, Vista area? And so that's probably your minimal involvement if you're just curious you want to you know you don't believe me or you're just wondering how could the breath give you so much that would be a great way to experience it and so there's a number of those listed under workshops on our our site it's it's a minimal investment of time and money and you can you can just get blown away in one evening and see how how breathing can literally change your life then there's another level that we do that are weekends, different weekends that we offer. Um, I do, I've been doing a lot of these weekends called the Presence of Breath, where we've combined transformational breath with the Presence Process um, by Michael Brown and brought the two, kind of woven the two together, which is incredibly powerful. And uh, there's other ones called Reclaim Your Breath, Reclaim Your Superpowers, which is um, some of the programs I do at these conference centers, um, Rowe Conference Center, Kripalu, uh different ones around the country, so that people can have a, a more in-depth experience of their breath and and the different levels that we work on. And then uh, we get into more our more intense training program, which um, the first level is what we call the personal seminar, the personal transformation seminar, which there's one um, happening, which I'll be leading in a place called Duval, Washington, um, the first week of August. I think it's August 5th through 10th. And what this is is a week of breathing and a week dedicated to your personal transformation. And we do transformational breathing in about 15 different ways. We do it underwater. We do it in partners. We do it um, sitting up, lying down, back to back, uh, working on all the different chakras. So it's a very intense program. Plus, we bring other modalities in and also work with the sound and movement and inner child play and um, really just watch lives transform like I've never seen, like I never thought was imaginable. It's The energies are speeding up. More and more is happening all the time. There's also one scheduled in, in the San Diego area in October. Um, it will be up in Temecula at a new center we're going to, and information about that is on our, our website at all as, as well. I think it's the 20th to the 25th, somewhere around there. Um, and, and then the we have. Again, you, you can find it, Judith. 
just mention it again so people can find oh, your Oh, sure. It, um, the website is, uh, I think, breathe2000.com. That would be the easiest way to get in. And then go to our trainings, and you would you would see it. Um, that and some other ones. There'll be one in Florida. There'll be one in San Antonio. There's going to be um, another one in Lake Tahoe next year. So then there's the next level is people do this and they go, wow, I want to share this either with my family or they're they're already working in the healing field. Then we have a professional facilitator training that is a two-week program, uh, two seven days separated, and that's what we call level four. So we go into level four. And then there's another level, then people who share it with individuals say, I want to share it with groups. And so that goes into our teacher training, and then they're trained to to work with groups with the breath and and actually do our training programs. So those are the the levels that we work with people, and they're all, um, like I said, I'm back in the U.S. um, these last two years, and I'm kind of hitting all the corners, the northwest, um, the northeast, the southeast, and the southwest to kind of, and we have already have wonderful trainers in the Midwest that, so I, I, I give them that territory. <laughs> so it's, it's wonderful. And I look forward to going international again too. I'm getting some, some wonderful invitations to do that. Now will you, will you be teaching the one in San Diego in October? I will. I'll be there. I'll be back. You know, oh, I grew good. up well, in San Diego, so it's always like coming home to to go to San Diego. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. And okay, how much time do we have left, Hannah? I would like to hear some stories that she has. Yeah, we've got we've got about twelve minutes left. So if you could give us some of those stories that you mentioned, those healing stories, we'd love to hear them. Okay. Um, I was trying to think, like, there are so many, thousands, you know, and to pick one, but I'll give, I'll try to give one example on every level. Um, one was a gal that uh, was diagnosed as, as multiple personality. She was really bright, but she, she just couldn't function. All these different parts kept showing up, and her, her therapist had given up on her, and you can't work, you're disabled. Um, and so she started seeing me when I had a practice in Boston. And we did a number of sessions and actually had gone back to a time when she was 16 and there was a, um, a, a sexual abuse trauma that happened. And this created this huge disassociation of her personality. And we continued to work. And eventually it just it just integrated. All the parts were able to come back together through the healing of this experience. And so um, she was guided, she became trained in transformational breath. She went back to school and also got her her uh, psychologist degree, psychological degree, and is now um, doing very deep psychological and breath work in, in uh, Boston. So that was pretty, you know, phenomenal how it, her whole life had, had turned around like that. Um, another was, a young man who had MS and he had taken our seminar in San Diego and he could um, hardly walk, like he was very uncoordinated and and um, couldn't speak. And as as the um, this is when we did the seminar on weekends, so we would do them one weekend a month for three months. And so the first weekend we could um, just see his body calm down and uh, he's he was able to talk 
more calmly. And by the third, the end of the third weekend, you couldn't tell he had anything physiologically going on. I'm, I don't know if, you know, I really can't say that he had, he had, he had went gone through a remission, but his physical symptoms, like the, his body, was so um, just incredibly different from from the breath, from the energy, kind of releasing a lot of the the um, spasmodic things that were, was going on in in the body. Um, we've worked with individuals with brain injuries, one little boy in particular who had um, had a, a brain injury at birth and um, was also able to change his um, ability to coordinate and speak. Um, those are some of them. And then, of course, working with people who have, I think you could call them atheists or agnostics. I think of this one person who just had no spiritual interest or context and she did the breathing and like you said Angela Angela tell me how to say your name Angela Angela Ian Gale and Gale so she just had this incredible connection with her spirit and the um, angelic realms and you know had a whole new dimension to her to her life as well and pursued the ministry from that point on. So so this is talking about big changes, going as deep as you can go and tapping into a lot of the, the source of of dysfunctional. There was a, a therapist that had come to me um, from Cape Cod as a client to help. He was a triathlon runner, and, and so I helped him breathe better. The pains went away in his chest, and he also noticed emotionally he, w- he was doing better. So... Then he asked me to work in his office with his difficult patients, and I did. And the one who'd never cried was crying. The one who'd never been in love was in love. The one who was had never flown in a plane was off on vacation. So he was noticing all the big differences in his patients in one or two sessions. And he was a very good therapist but had not been able to go that deep with people. So he asked me to train him, which I did, and then I ran into him Oh, about six months later, and he was telling me that he thought one of these sessions, one transformational breath session, was equivalent to about two years of therapy, that he had seen so many changes. So he was doing lots of breath work with his patients because he wanted to, to heal them in the deepest way or help them help them heal in the deepest way. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned about the angelic realm and angels, and if anybody wants to know how to pronounce Angel Rose's name. It's actually the Irish word for angel. It's it's like Anne and Gail together. Yes, it's like Anne and Gail together, but it's actually the Irish word for angel. And interestingly enough, when I gave her that name, well, I didn't give it to her. It's her essence. And uh, many people, she told me, have been calling her an angel all her life. So isn't that interesting? (laughs) Now, in, in the little bit of time that we have left, I'd love for you to tell us why is all this coming up now in other words how come in the year 1496 or in 1520 or in the year 6 bc did not people work with the breath like we're doing or that we know about why is it all coming up now well once again this is my opinion but i've been um you know looking at this thing for a long time and what i feel is that we are definitely at an evolutionary shift that that something is going on on the earth that has 
never happened, um, at least in, in our this 26,000-year cycle. And we're going from leaving our bodies to find God in our wholeness to a new paradigm of bringing our spiritual awareness and energy into form. And I believe fully that the breath is the tool we've been given to do this because the breath in many languages means spirit. It's just totally, um, they're synonymous. And so when we bring our breath in fully, we are bringing our spiritual awareness fully into our form. And yet we have to create the opening and pathway for that. And our energies and our consciousness have, have been greatly blocked by living in, a, in modern culture and society. So I feel the time is right for this. It, it, it was in time at that time, although there were, I'm sure, great yogis throughout, throughout you know, all history. And yet for the masses, this, isn't, this is for everyone. This is everyone breathes and everyone can breathe better and everyone has traumas. And I feel everyone's spiritual nature is, is coming out and flowering. It has to. And the breath is, is really the tool we've been given to do it. You're not going to do it without breath. <laughs> yes. Don't, don't they say that the breath is the connector? between the mind, body, and spirit. I mean, without the breath, basically, we're not on this dimension. No, no. It totally is. It brings all those levels of our being together. and has the ability to integrate on each level. So to clear those levels and then unify them so that we can experience our multi multidimensionality. Let me ask you one final question here, and then we will have to go to a close. Your voice, your voice really is healing in and of itself. I remember lying on Murt O'Brien's living room floor in the heart of the seaside town of Wicklow and just listening to your voice as you guided us through the transformational breathing. And the, your voice, has a, to me, it had a lot to do with trusting and being able to let go and go deeper with this. Have, have you anything to say about the use of your voice in the technique? Thank you for saying that. And I think you tying it into trust and safety, and that comes from, I think, my experience and really understanding what's going on when people are going through their process and holding a safe space. And that's one of the things we impart in our, our facilitators because once you get into that subconscious Anything can happen. I mean, it's just amazing what, what exists in the psyche. And yet, if you know the reality of it, that this is not the ultimate truth or reality, then you can just hold that safe space while people go through whatever, whatever big dark pieces are, are buried. And so that's, I hope, part of what comes through is that is that knowing of that safety. And um, maybe it was the gift God gave me in, in healing my throat, Um and this part of my being is is to be able to transmit or that energy through through my voice and and thank you for saying that thank you yes no it it needed to be said okay let us use this opportunity to do a little recap of what we've covered today because i have to say personally i've loved talking to you judith kravitz it's been an absolute pleasure and we've covered some really, really wonderful topics and helped clarify a lot for me, and I hope that we have done the same for our listeners. We spoke about your powerful self-healing process of circular breathing that you call transformational breath. You gave us 
very graphic story about where it all began with your throat cancer and the emotional clearing that took place around that about how you didn't focus on the negative aspect of it and how you didn't look in the mirror you removed the mirrors from your house at the time to facilitate that whole process how you turned to be vegetarian the resolution of grief as opposed to the release of grief we talked about the feelings and memories of trauma as it comes up and you went into great detail about the difference between the traditional our traditional understanding of rebirthing holotropic breathwork and your own transformational breathing you talked about the energy of sound and how it facilitates this transformation we touched a little bit on past lives we talked a little bit about kundalini Angel Rose was asking you about scars and surgery and the memories that are trapped in there and that how sometimes we zone out during this process. We asked about the dangers of breath work and you covered all of that very eloquently. We did look a little bit at children and the child rearing and children breathing and so on. We talked about toning as part of that process and then we touched on tetany. We talked about the whole birth process and breathing through the birth process. Then we looked at some of your workshops and the different level teach you, the training that you do, the training that you do in different countries, how you facilitate others to carry on the great work that you're doing. And then you told us some fabulous healing stories of the benefit of transformational breath. And then we just finished right there a few moments ago speaking about the fact that we are in this great evolutionary shift and this is the time now to release all those those issues and those traumas and those tragedies and those feelings that are stuck in our memories and in our spirit body so do you want to give out your website one more time and your workshop details and then we'll have to close it right there right um, the website is breathe2000.com, breath2000.com, transformationalbreathing.com. And I also wanted to mention that I will be doing two evening workshops in San Diego the end of September, the first few days of October. So please check the workshop listing. They're not posted yet. We're um, finalizing them. And then... Um, their coming up seminars are in Duval, Washington, San Diego, uh, my Delray Beach, Florida, San Antonio, and uh, some weekends in November and December in um, San Antonio and also Naples, Florida. So um, that's what, what I'm doing the next few months. She gets around the Hano, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Judith, it's been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the Thank show today. And we hope you. to have you on again. You are an and, angel. Um, Please give my buddy Mert some love and tell him I want I want to see him again. And okay. um, to come and be my guest at our workshops. I would love to to meet you in person. Gee, maybe we can get maybe we can get him down here for September. Wouldn't that be fun? All right, yeah. all right. That would be okay. awesome. Okay. All right. Thank you. Take so care. Thank you for Bye-bye. the good work that you do. Bye. Bye. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network.
the Honest to God series with Ann Gail Rose and Ahanu.